Well, good morning, and uh, good to hear, uh, see all of you through the internet, I guess. And uh, my name is Tim, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. Uh, we're in a series called Mastermind. Uh, we're looking at what it means to have the mind of Jesus. How often would you say you think about Jesus? How often would you say you think like Jesus? Two different questions, huh? Look what the Bible says here in Hebrews 3. It says, God has chosen you to be his holy people, so think about Jesus. And in Philippians 2, Paul writes, think and act like Christ Jesus. Now, why in the world is thinking and thinking about and thinking like Jesus so important? Well, whatever's on your mind and whatever goes through your mind has a big impact on your life. And thinking like Jesus simplifies your life. It shapes your values, it sharpens your perspective, it clarifies your priorities and choices, it forms better plans, it builds godly character, and it determines your destiny. And most of all, it determines how you and I are going to follow the Lord. Now what I want to talk about today is humility, because thinking like Jesus leads to a life of humility. It's it really leads to the life of Jesus who had a humble life. Look what the Bible says here in Philippians 2. Again, Philippians 2, it, it talks about thinking like Christ, having the same mindset of Christ, and then it goes into detail of what that looks like. And in verse 8, it says this, And when Jesus was living as a man, it says he humbled himself. Even Jesus said about himself, he said he had a humble spirit. In Matthew 11, verse 29, he says it this way. He says, Accept my teaching. Learn from me. And what happens if you accept and learn from Jesus? He says, I, you'll find I am gentle and humble in spirit. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this humility thing. I read where someone once said this, that tricky stuff, this humility, and it is. It's very tricky. It's difficult sometimes to understand. When is it really humility? Well, I got news for you this morning that that true humility is having the same kind of humility of Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to look at four things that, that really uh, describe the humility of Christ. Let's get right into them. Number one, humility like Jesus is not thinking less about myself. Now, would you agree with this, that Jesus is the most humblest person that ever walked on this planet? Of course he was. And yet Jesus did not carry himself as a spiritual worm. He didn't, he didn't walk around feeling like he didn't deserve the love of God. Now, here's the key about his humility. He did see himself accurately, and that's what true humility or the humility like Christ looks like. It is in touch with reality, and so I see myself accurately. Look what he says here in John 13, 13. Jesus said to his disciples after he washed their feet, he said, you call me master and Lord, and you'd do well to say it, for it's true. See, Jesus said, you know, you call me teacher, you call me Lord, and that is true about me. One time he's asked, tell us that you're the son of God in Matthew 26 there, and, and he answers, yes, I am. Yet Jesus admits it while, in, while uh, being humble, his need for God. Though he didn't sin, he needed God. In John 5, verse 19, it says, I assure you, the son of man can do nothing by himself. This is what Jesus says about himself, because I can't do anything by myself. I can only do what the, I see the Father doing. And so humility like Jesus is not seeing myself as some spiritual loser. 
It's not hanging my head as if I'm not worthy of, of God or anyone else's love. You think about it, that's shame. And that's exactly what Jesus came to take away, was shame. Yet humility accepts reality. And what that means is when I have the humility of Christ, I admit some things about myself. I admit, first of all, of my spiritual poverty. I don't deny my sin. I'll confess it. I'll admit it. But I confess my need to God for that because of that sin. In other words, I turn to God's mercy. Here's a great example here in Luke 18. Jesus is talking about um, humility here. And he's, he's being uh, addressing the Pharisees of the law, uh, the Pharisees, I'm sorry, and the teachers of the law. And he says this, uh, he talks about this parable about a tax collector and there's a Pharisee and they're both praying. And he says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. This is after the Pharisee now. The Pharisee uh, is praying, thank God I'm not like this tax collector. I give my 10%, you know, I'm, I'm dedicated to God. I know the scriptures. He, he goes through the whole litany of, of, of righteous acts. And he, then he looks at this tax collector and says, thank God I'm not like him. And here's how the tax collector prays. Look at, notice the contrast. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He'd not even look up into heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And here's what Jesus says. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. All exalted. Now you might, as I read that, you might have thought, well, it looks like the guy's hanging his head. I'm just simply saying he's not denying his sin. But notice in his humility, he humbles himself. He sees himself clearly, and he sees his need for God. That's why he goes to God. And notice he goes home justified. I've heard somebody describe justified like this. It says, just as, just as if I'd done nothing wrong. So he goes home forgiven. And see, humility has a clear assessment of sin and weakness. But it doesn't deny the gifts and talents that I have that God has given me. In other words, humility helps me see everything about me. And so true humility, the humility of Christ, accepts my reality and I depend on God's love and his mercy. Kind of like what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, who knew about humility firsthand. Boy, how many times did he mess up? He would say that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to who? The humble. And so when I humble out, when I, when I humble out and go to God, it's not that I'm thinking less of myself, but I'm in tune with my reality. A lot of times we need to remember I'm a human being like anybody else, and I'm a sinner like anybody else, especially if we're a Christian. Because sometimes we can carry ourselves with this smug attitude, and that's pride. That's not humility. Here's the second thing, what humility of Jesus looks like. Humility like Jesus, like I said before, is not necessarily thinking less of myself, but it's thinking of myself less. Look here again, Philippians 2. Paul writes this about the humility of Christ. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. What's he saying here? Well, he's saying, first of all, humility is not self-absorbed. Humility is not concerned about competing. It has no interest in rivalry. 
There's no race here. No, humility doesn't think, doesn't think less of themselves. A person doesn't think less of themselves. No, they think more of others. And for, to, for us to do that, it requires that we deny ourselves. And that's what humility does. It helps us deny ourselves or when we make that decision to deny ourselves. In other words, we say, I don't have to have my way. It doesn't have to go the way I want it to. And when I, when I start making those kind of choices, humility begins to appear. Here in Philippians 2, look what Jesus said. He goes, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. What's he talking about there? He says he took the nature of the servant, the character of a, ser a servant. Oh, what is the character of a servant? What's, the, what's on the mind of a servant? Well, in his humility, a servant is concerned about serving. That's what's on his mind, not being served. Didn't Jesus say that? I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so humility shifts the focus. It shifts the focus less on me and more on others. You see, humble people, here's what I notice about humble people. They have a reputation of taking a genuine interest in others. I mean, they manage to keep the focus on others. You know, every, today everybody is, is saying, you know, I have to have a voice. My voice needs to be heard. Not to the humble. The humble have ears. The humble have eyes and hands. And they use their ears and their eyes and their hands to serve others. They're not thinking about being heard. You ever been in a conversation and you're thinking already of what you're going to say? You ever been in a conversation where somebody tries to, to one-up the other? Like they'll share something and then somebody else has something that'll top that? That's not humility. Humility sets there and listens. And what happens usually when we're in those conversations where people are with humble people, don't we walk away admiring that? In fact, humility is something we admire and we're influenced by it. And if you want to be admired by people, respected, and you want to have better influence with those around you, you pursue humility because it's thinking of yourself less. And here's the third, third thing I notice about humility, the humility of Jesus. That humility like Christ recognizes what I have in common with other people. Now what I notice more than ever, and I've noticed in my own life when pride comes, that pride compares, pride competes, and people with pride judge. We compare titles, position, occupations, bank accounts, paychecks, achievements. We'll even compare our heritage and we judge from it. Let me ask you, does that help anybody? No, no it doesn't. And see, Christians do that too. I, I, I think uh, many of us have this, what I call the older brother syndrome. Remember the prodigal son and he's coming back and the older brother's, he's kind of bothered. Well, he is bothered. And he says to his dad, what's the deal? You know, I've, I stayed with you. I mean, he's, he, my brother squandered everything away or your son has squandered everything away and he's left you. I stayed and you've not given me a party. And there's this, this smug attitude that he's better. He's better than his brother. And yet you see the, in that contrast between him and the loving father who says, oh, we've got to have a party because my son who was lost is back. 
That's what it's really about, son. And see, as Christians, we can have this older brother syndrome. Oh, I've been going to this church for years or I've been a Christian for this long or, you know, I'm so much better and so much wiser than you are. And we kind of forget, don't we? Pride just gives us a short memory that there was a time when we were in the same situation as this person that we're so critical of. We forget our, our roots, so to speak. Look what the Bible says here in Philippians 2. Look how Jesus, his humility, what it did here. It says, Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. And look what it says, being made in human likeness. He humbles himself when he made himself like everyone around him. And he walked amongst us. He, he walked among mankind. He lived in the same environment as everyone else. And see, people that have the humility of Christ, they remember they're not better than others. They're like others. That we admit, that I, that, that I always remember that I need to admit that I need Jesus just as much as they do. That there is no seniority here. That we're all sinners. That I'm a sinner, just like anyone else. I think that's why Jesus could empathize with others so much. Because he stayed in tune with who he was. That he was like everybody else. Yes, he was the Son of God, but he was God in the flesh. And look what it says here in, in, in Hebrews 4. He understands humanity. He's talking about Jesus here. And it goes on to explain. For as a man, our magnificent king priest, oh, this, he's the king, he's the high priest, was tempted. This guy in his high position was tempted in every way, just as we are in conquered sin. In other words, he lived, he walked in our shoes. And just like me, just like you, Jesus was born. He was, there were times he was hungry. There was times he had to sleep. There were times he got hurt. There was times he, he, he was rejected. He was misunderstood. And he never lost sight of that, 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 what he had in common with people. That's why you see Jesus treating people with dignity. Pride, prideful people. You ever been around somebody that's got a big head? You know, their big head blocks their, the way they see themselves and the way they see others. They're not very compassionate. They're very not, not very understanding. They have the I told you so mentality. And I think, you know, Jesus here, because he was a human being, he humbled himself, left heaven, left position of God and come down to our level. It was the way he, this is how he established such a special connection with people. And he wants us to have that kind of connection with others. I think that's why he could understand people. That's, again, humble people are empathetic. They're compassionate to others. They're understanding. And they help people. They help others just like Jesus because they, have share, they share the same environment. And we need to remember as Christians what it was like when we were lost. That without Christ, we're nothing. And are we better than somebody? 
Was Jesus better than people? Well, yeah, he was the son of God in that sense, sure. Am I better than somebody if I'm a Christian? Well, in the sense of in a, I'm in better condition, my spiritual condition, but I'm still just as much a sinner. I still mess up. And do I believe that? Humility reminds me of that. So I'm not aloof, out of touch. Notice here in Hebrews 2, what the Bible says here. It says, these children are people with physical bodies. So Jesus himself became like them. How did he do that? Humility. And had the same experiences they have. You know, he could have, he could have protected himself from all those experiences. He's had the same experiences you and I. He could have protected himself, but he refuses to. He chooses humility. So he can relate. And look what it says here. Jesus did this so that by dying, he even dies. He could destroy the one who has the power of death, the devil. That got me to thinking here as I look at this. You see, when I think like Jesus, humility reminds me of what I have in common with everyone. That I need salvation. And like Jesus, by humbling myself and dying on my cross, because every Christian bears one, I can make a major impact on this world. Here's number four. What's the humility of Christ like? Well, humility like Christ is living an obedient life. You know, it's plain and simple. The mark of true humility is obedience. You really can't separate the two. Think about this. Pride resists. Humility resigns. Pride is stubborn. Humility is submissive. Pride fights. It's defensive. It fights. Humility follows. See the difference? And here in Philippians 2, we see that as Paul continues to explain what thinking like Christ looks like. He says, he gave up everything. He gave up everything, it says. Even his place with God. He accepted the role of a servant appearing in human form. And look what it says here. During his life as a man, he humbled himself by being fully obedient to God. Not 50% obedient, not 70% obedient, not 90% obedient, 100% obedient to God. Even when that caused his death, you know, it's easy to obey God when it's easy, it's fun. It's, you know, it's some, some of it's a no-brainer. But what, what, what do I do when it's tough? When God's telling me, asking me, urging me for His Holy Spirit to, to, to obey something, to bite my tongue, to forgive someone, to do something that's going to mean sacrifice. It says Jesus gave up everything. That's humility. It's sacrificial. It's submissive. It says, and he fully obeys God, even when that caused his death. So what do I do when push comes to shove? Because sooner or later, God is going to lead me to do something, wants me to do something that's difficult. Well, humility, choosing to be humble, helps you live that obedient life. You see, if I'm humble, I don't demand my own way. I simply obey. And so humility like Jesus, and th- think about this, do the pride, o- do they obey? No, they fight it all. 
And, and what it is, is they trust in themselves more than they trust in God. And see, humility trusts the Lord so much that it obeys. And when you have humility like Christ, and you look at the life of Jesus, you'll notice that humility like Christ respects the sovereignty and authority of God. And it surrenders my will for God's will. Here in Hebrews 5 again, look what it says. Jesus was the Son of God. The Son of God, it says. But he still suffered. Even though he was the Son of God, he still suffered. And through his sufferings, look what it says, he learned to obey whatever God says. Even Jesus learned to obey. He went through suffering. And during those suffering times, chose he humbly accepted God's plan, accepted God's power, accepted God's sovereignty, and said, Lord, I will obey you, and obeys even when he's suffering. And because of that, it says, this made him the perfect high priest who provides a way for everyone who obeys him to be saved forever. He encourages you and I to obey. So I want to say to you as we close here, if, if, if you want to have the humility of Jesus, what it involves is filling my mind with humility, filling my heart with humility. And that causes me to trust and causes me to obey. Now I've got a couple of verses here I want to show you as we close here. And I've got a little exercise here. Here's some, I found this an interesting verse in Psalms 10 verse 9. Notice it says about the proud. The wicked people are too proud. They do not look for God. There is no room for God in their thoughts. Remember I asked you earlier, how much do you think about Jesus how much do you think like Jesus? Let me remind you of those verses again. It says, God has chosen you to be his holy people, so think about Jesus. Philippians 2, think and act like Christ Jesus. Let me ask you, is there room in your mind to think like Christ? How much room do you have in your mind to think about Jesus, to think like Jesus? I've got a little... Thing. If you've got downloaded notes off the, off the website, I've got two little heads with some brains, outlines of brains. And if you take a moment, maybe just ask yourself, how much do I think about Jesus? And shade in how much of your brain do you think about Jesus? And then, and then uh, on, the, on, the, on the one with the blue silhouette, you know, how much do I think like Jesus? How much, you know, I've noticed somehow there's a connection. But see how much do you think about Jesus versus thinking like Jesus? I know it starts with thinking about him. I can't think like him until I start thinking about him. And then I got this little blank here. It says, I want to have the humility of Jesus. And I'm letting you fill in that blank. Fill in that blank. And don't say in everything. Don't be that generic. What's something specific that you could put on that blank? I want to have the humility of Christ in my marriage, in my home, in my, in my friendships in the workplace, in ministry. I want to have the humility of Jesus when I suffer, when things aren't working out the way they are, that I want them to. Now, why is that so important? Because the Bible says this, it promises this in James 4. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. When you humble yourselves when I humble myself, you humble yourself to God, 
He will help you. He will lift you up and help you find humility in that area. So, how much humility do you want? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word again. Father, it's so rich, so much about humility. And it is a tricky thing. Humility is so tricky. It's tough to sometimes wrap our minds around that. But Father, we know, we know what pride definitely looks like. We're familiar with pride. Help us recognize and pursue humility in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.